Hey there, Michael Griffiths here, founder of Referral Marketing Guru, and welcome to this week's Get More Referrals Today podcast. Coming to you with a special guest this week. You get a treat. You don't have to listen to me only. Just kidding. I know you love listening to me. No, we've got a someone who I'm, I'm really excited about sharing with you. Uh, from the, the brief conversations we've really had, I sort of feel like we could just team up and, and be brothers. Uh, we've had so many things which uh, which have sort of been parallel in life, same way of thinking, and you think I can be high energy and excitement? Yeah, we'll wait for this. You're, you're in for a treat. Uh, as always, we don't run ads. We don't have sponsors. If you love the show, share it. That's the fee. Uh, make sure you let other people know about the let other people know about the podcast share it around and as always if you really like it go onto your favorite podcast platform and hit that five stars that helps us be able to spread the word and be able to help more people become more profitable more impactful and more inspirational in their own journey so without further ado let me bring on our special guest for today christopher roush otherwise known as the number one unstoppable kick-ass confidence motivator. That's the title I've given you, and you're aware about to, to find out why. So welcome along. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Michael. It's a pleasure to be here, brother. I appreciate you, ma'am. No, absolute pleasure. So uh, you're over there in Orange County, L.A., uh, we're over here on the on the other side of the world. On the other and side of the world. I'm, uh, I'm in uh, Southern California, yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. So let's just start us off and give people a bit of a, a bit of a background, a bit of a story on uh, yourself. And I know you haven't been over there in, in Southern California all your life. So fill people in and let people know a little bit about you. Sure, sure. No, thank you again for having me on the show, Michael. I really appreciate it. And, I, and like you said, when you said in the beginning, you know, our brief uh, conversation that we had last week was just amazing. So I just appreciate you, brother, and look forward to more conversations. But uh, in a sense, to give people like the uh, the overview of Christopher Roush, the sense of it is really that I'm a former seventh grade homeless dropout who lived in the back seat of a station wagon with 18 cats and two dogs and a mother who had various psychiatric disorders. And up until the age of about 17 years old, I lived my life in constant fear of bullying, retaliation, everything. I was, uh, I really grew up uh, being alone and isolated and fearful of my life, both with the domestic beatings that I got from my mom and also the uh, bullying that I received from being in school and from the neighborhood kids. So up until the point I was 17 years old, um, I really had a, let's just say a very distinctive journey based on what I just shared with you. And from that point, after being 17, I got around a lot of different people. I started invoking a lot of different practices and I've created an amazing life today where I am known as the no excuses coach. I have an amazing family. I have achieved lots in my life. And now my whole soul passion and mission in the world is just to leave it a better place for who I am and what I do based on all the different experiences that I went through being homeless for those four years and, uh, you know, just getting into a lot of trouble. So I'll give you that information. You can jump off there for whatever questions you want to ask me. Yeah, that, perfect. So we had a whole range of people who um, some are doing really well, some are some are stuck in stuck in their own head, some are probably not doing all that great. But as you'll probably realize, you can either make life happen for yourself or you can blame everything and anyone around you and nothing changes. When did you come to that realization? What was it? that sort of brought that to you to go, you know what, I've got a choice here and it's not going to be like this any longer. 
Yeah, no, that's a great question, Michael. Thank you for asking that. It's funny because I'm reading the um, uh, Man's Search for Meaning from Viktor Frankl. Once again, I read it for probably about five or six times at least. I'm reading it with one of my coaching clients. I said, you know what? It's been a while since I've read this, so I'm going to go back and read that for again. Those of you guys listening, um, if you've never read the book before, Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl, it's an amazing read. And in, in that, it talks about the fact that we get to choose our own ability to focus on the, our experiences as, like you just said, Michael, are they happening for us or are they happening to us? And we get to choose that. We get to choose whether to be a victim or a victor to our situations. We get to choose the responsibility that we take to change the situation or to blame others. And for me, at 17 years old, I had always blamed my mom for the situations that we were in, especially for being homeless. I never knew my biological dad. She chased my sister away. Uh, and there again, you know, seventh grade homeless dropout because she paid a bunch of money to save her dying cat and the cat died. And then we got evicted from our house. So that's what ensued with that journey. There were a lot of different things that that went into play during those four years of being homeless and living in the car. Um, I tried to take my life twice. Unfortunately, I sucked at it. But it wasn't until a point where I came back to one of these motels we were staying at, which is probably the sleaziest place you know you could possibly have, uh, you know, to be living. And I came walking back in one night, and 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 mind you, I grew up in Inglewood, California, Los Angeles, California. I was the only white kid in a black neighborhood. So, and all my friends were Hispanic and black, and I I had all friends from all different backgrounds. So let's just preface it with this. So I come walking into the back of this, this sleazy motel that we were staying at. And this black guy walks up to me and he goes, Oh yeah, man, you want to, you want to buy a carton of reds? And I was smoking a cigarette. And I said, Oh man, I don't smoke reds. I said, if you had a carton of cools, I would, I would take them off your hand. And he's like, what do you mean? You don't smoke reds. All white people smoke reds. And I said, no, actually. And I went to go reach in my back pocket. Um, I said, no, man, I smoke cools. And I went to reach in my back pocket and I had a nine millimeter put to my, my forehead because I think he thought I was going to pull a gun on him that I was messing around with him. And I'm like, dude, I don't care what fucking color your cigarettes are. I, I, I don't care. Oh, cause he's, that's what he said. He goes, he goes, oh, is it because I'm black? Is it, you're not going to buy cigarettes for me because I'm black? You know, is it a white thing or whatever? I'm like, dude, I don't care what fucking color you are. I, I don't care what color you are. I said, I care about the cigarettes. And then I reached, I just said, fuck it. I just reached in the back back pocket and I pull out a thing of cools and I'm like, dude, I smoke menthols. I said, I don't smoke Marlboro Reds. I said, if you had a carton of that, I would buy that. And he was like, I, I really you know, thought he was going to pull the trigger. And so I yelled at him. I said, if you're going to pull the fucking trigger, pull the fucking trigger. Because at that point, I had already tried committing suicide twice. Um, and I was just, I was lost. I was lonely. I was scared. I was, I was just desperate for something to change and something to end. And to your, to your question, Michael, that's when I realized um, a few nights later, I was sitting in it, long story short, he wound up finding out that I was friends with a bunch of people and it wound up being all cool, but I almost, you know, took a bullet in the head for it. Um, but then I realized I'm like, you know, they talk about when you hit bottom or you hit bottom. At that moment, I realized that I'm going to get out of the situation in one of three ways. And this is the truth. I said, I'm going to wind up out of here dead, you know, whether my own volition or somebody else is going to kill me. I'm going to wind up in jail for all the different things I was doing. Or get this, I'm going to take responsibility and have to make some really, really, really tough decisions that are going to hurt some people, but ultimately they're going to be in the best interest of my life. So uh, when you tell the universe that you're ready for the next thing and I was ready to get out of there, uh, a couple of days later, my buddy and I were uh, telemarketers. He actually lived in the motel also. And we went and tell, we did telemarketing out of this guy's apartment in Huntington Beach, which sounds crazy, but it was roofing appointments. And we went into work that day and he says, well, guys, I got some good news and I got some bad news. And at that point, I was like, dude, I've had enough bad news to last a lifetime. What is it? And he goes, well, I want to leave you guys in my apartment. And me and my buddy Robert look at each other like, what? Leave you our apartment? We work here. You live here. This what, this doesn't make any sense. And he goes, well, that's the bad news. I'm going to move it to Texas. But I know how you, where you guys live. I know what you guys have been through. I know saving up for a first and last is hard, but I want to leave you my apartment as kind of like a thank you for you know the great job that you guys have done. And Robert and I look at each other like, oh my God, Huntington Beach, no blah, 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 blah. 
it didn't even occur to me that I had a mother living in a motel who had psychiatric disorders who depended on me for her livelihood. And so I thought about it and it, it took me a couple of days to think about it, Michael. And I was like, you know what? I have to do this. I I'm going to wind up dead or in jail. That's, that's the only two options. She's not changing. She's never going to show up and be my mom. I have to do this for myself. Otherwise my life will be hell for the rest of it because all up until that point it was. Um, and so I decided I made the decision. I said, because Robert was like, I'm going to move out either way. This is an amazing opportunity. So I went back and I thought, you know, I'm going to tell my mom this and she's going to actually tell me, you know what, Chris, I've screwed up your life enough. Please go do this. In the interest of time, I'll expand the story. I'll shorten the story. But ultimately, I did make that decision to leave her. I left her at the motel. I still went back there every single night and gave her money and took care of her. But ultimately, she wound up getting strong. But from that point forward, that's where I met this gentleman named Bill White, where he told me, Chris, you're only limited by the parameters of your own mind. And at that point, I started getting around the right people and making different decisions and different outcomes started happening. And that's what changed the trajectory of my life. A completely different side note, but it's something I've been playing around with probably for the last eight, nine months. Do you feel you have to hit rock bottom to make a change? No, absolutely not. No, but most people do because they they do the, the little pain versus pleasure dance and they sit there and say, but I don't want to. I don't feel like it. That's why I'm the no excuses coach because people sit there and tell me they don't feel like it. I'm like, uh, <laughs> let's have a conversation. But yeah, I don't think you have to, but I think unfortunately a lot of people sit there and play that someday game and they do. Okay. So let's take this then a step further because there's lots of people and, and I'm I talk about this with our own with our own tribe quite often is that you hear all these stories of people who have yeah, been been in the car or been homeless or been on the street, like they can't go any longer. But you, you it's that choice, as you said, it's either I'm gonna end up dead in jail or I better do something with myself. So there's a whole bunch of people who, hey, they've got a good business. They're, they've got a roof over their head. They can put food on the table. It's comfortable. It not, might not be brilliant. Like they might want an awful lot more than what they've got. But at the same time, it's not death situation on the other side where it's like something really drastic is going to happen. So how do those people move to another level? How do those people go, you know what? Yes, it's comfortable, but there's this whole nother level but I'm not at rock bottom to be able to utilize that as my motivation to go up. What are your thoughts around that? Dude, you just set me up for a perfect opportunity for a response on that. Um, that's where I was. I was comfortably miserable. I, I mean, I didn't tell that part of the story, but I left a corporate career out of 26 years in this one particular company uh, two years ago because I was exactly that, Michael. I was comfortably miserable. I made six figures. I had the office. I had the security. I was in my zone of excellence, if you will. If anybody's read the book, uh, The Big Leap, uh, by Gay Hendricks. In there, he talks about, you know, you're in your zone of greatness, you're in your zone of excellence, or in your zone of genius. And I was in my zone of excellence because I have a master's degree in organizational management. I'd been with the company. I grew up in the company. I went from being a materials handler, a warehouse guy, essentially to being the director of operations over international operations. That's why I told you when I came to Australia, that was back in 99 to set up the warehouse over there. So I was comfortably miserable and I would sit in traffic on the way home wondering when I was going to make the leap because I've been a coach and a speaker for over 20 years. I've done the side hustle and I've always wondered like, okay, when am I going to make that leap? What's going to happen? And I kept thinking in my brain, okay, I have to make X amount of money before I can leave my comfortable day job and go pursue my, my zone of genius, coaching and speaking and, and writing books and, and doing shows and doing all the stuff that I love to do. But I was sitting there playing it safe. And my coach, Sally Anderson said, Chris, you have to get out of survivor mode and get into thriver mode. 
And you have to make that jump. Eventually, someday you have to make that jump. And I know there's a lot of people out there, which you were just describing, because those are my ideal clients right now. Those are the people that are coming to me and saying, hey, Chris, I'm in my 50s. You know, I don't want my legacy just to be that I went to work every day and paid bills and you know had a, had a decent mortgage and all this other stuff. I want to have a legacy. And that's what it really is about, Michael, is about determining what it is that we're going to do with our time here and create an impact, create a wave, create a, create a ripple in with what it is that we're, we're doing and what we're passionate about, especially if we have kids, whether they're grown up or not. But ultimately, it's about waking up and asking yourself, am I excited about where I'm going and what I'm doing for today? i.e. your job, your passion, your career. And then the second part of that equation is just asking yourself when you're doing it, am I happy and excited for where I'm going home to and who I'm going home to? If you can answer those two questions you know, emphatically, yes, and you're excited about that, you're kick ass, you're doing great. But if either one of those questions are marginal in your brain, then you have the capacity and you have the opportunity to change what it is that you're doing right now and not play the someday game, hoping, wishing, and praying that, oh, when this happens and this happens and this happens, everything's going to change. You have to jump. And if you guys haven't seen the video, Steve Harvey, the comedian talk show host, video jump, it's less than two minutes. It changed my mind about that safetyness and everything because you got to jump. If you want to, if you want to fly and be free like everybody else is doing, you have to take that risk. You got to jump. You got to get out of being comfort and 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 get get better with uncomfortableness and grow and expand yourself to be able to truly live this life instead of exist in it. And that's, I mean, I could go on with that, but I know we have short time. But uh, I hope that answers your question. Talking just this morning uh, with, with some of our own, with our own group of, hey, you sit in this comfort zone, and comfort zone really is just you understand the patterns. You, you, your brain understands the patterns, and that's why it's comfortable. And to be able to leave your comfort zone, you go into chaos. And chaos is just simply you don't understand the patterns. You haven't seen the patterns before. They're completely different. So you're not used to what's supposed to take place. And hence, we feel chaotic and we feel all these different anxious and overwhelmed and all these different sorts of feelings where in fact we've got to go through chaos to reach progress and most people don't stay in chaos long enough to be able to get out the other side to, to progress so love it um so so let's go with down down this um track here in terms of i constantly go from i'm gonna do this yeah i'm gonna do it and i give it a go but then i don't you keep staying with it. I, I retreat back or the, the good on New Year's resolutions that last till the till the 5th of January and then we give up again for a whole nother year. Why is it people people come up with this, yeah, I'm going to do it or this is how I want to change. I've got enough pain, but it only lasts for a week or two and then we're back to our old ways. Why does that take place? Oh geez, how much time do we have? <laughs> I could do I could do a whole I could do a whole workshop on just that question alone. Why is it? Why is it? Why is it? I mean, it goes back to what we were saying before. You know, so many people want comfort. When you think about the evolution of man, we don't have to run from from dinosaurs and 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 uh, saber toothed tigers anymore. Our life is pretty easy, and so what we do is we expect more of that ease. We got Amazon, we got the microwave, we got everything that's immediate gratification. People don't want to put in the hard fucking work, man. You know that's the thing. And some people say, "I don't feel like it, Chris. I don't feel like it." I'm like, "Do you feel like the result?" You know, we have to go through hell to get to heaven. And like you just said, when I ask people, "When did you learn the most in your life? When did you learn the most? When times are really good or when times sucked?" 99.9% .9 of the time, people tell me it was when they sucked. And I said, "Okay, do you learn from your mistakes? Yes or no?" 
Yes, for the most part. And I'm like, okay, well, go out and make more mistakes and go do more things that suck because you're going to get stronger from it. And you're going to find that, like you were saying, the patterns, your ability to figure out the patterns becomes faster and faster and faster because you have the confidence, you have the awareness, you have the ability, the predictability to say, listen, this is how I'm going to handle this situation. This is what I'm going to do to go through this. You know, I tell people all the time that you don't know what your best is. And we've heard the stories of little old ladies picking cars off of their grandkids and all of their stuff. It's like, how did they do it? How did they do it? They did it because there was no other choice, but they had to do it. But so many of us sit there and say, well, you know, it's okay if I lose a few pounds. If I... No, you have to want it. You have to sit there and decide in your, in your life, what is it that you're going to be remembered for? Are you going to be remembered for somebody who did it half-assed or kind of sort of did it? Or do you want to be remembered for the person that said, you know what, I'm going to do 75 hard. I'm going to go through 75 days and do two workouts a day, which I've done, by the way, twice now. I've just finished my second iteration of 75 hard. I think we talked about it. Um, it's a, it's a determination of saying, what is my best? Cause so many people don't think they have their best and like, Oh, you know, I'll, I'll do it later. I'll do, I start heard so many excuses on 75 hard. It's like, well, this, that, and the other thing you got to want it bad enough, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't want to have the regret potentially of not taking care of yourself and getting cancer or getting diabetes or something like that, go ahead, take that risk. You know, don't take care of yourself. Don't get proper sleep. Don't get proper hydration. It's amazes me how many people don't even drink enough water and their bodies are 70, 80% water. It's like, you know what, this is what you got to do. But ultimately for me, Honestly, Michael, when I came home from a funeral in 2008 and I sat down and I wrote my eulogy and the crux of that eulogy was that Christopher Roush will have fought for what was right and what was fair. He will have risked for that mattered and he will have left the earth a better place for who he was and what he did. Having that picture in my mind, that roadmap every single day, I would question myself, is this getting me closer to or further from my stated goal of leaving that legacy? Is, am I going to be happy with this decision tomorrow? So I started asking myself different questions and I started raising the bar of what it is that I was capable of and still keep pushing it to this day. Every single day, it's like, I want to continue to evolve and become a better person and become a better parent and become a, a just constantly evolve and grow. And you don't do that unless you put yourself in uncomfortable situations. So it's just a matter of how bad do you want it? And the second component of that is really who you're hanging around. You know, who is your team? Who's the person you trust? Who's the person that empowers you? Who's the person that holds you accountable? And who's your mentor? And they cannot be the same person. Cause I talked to so many people like, well, I got one person that does kind of all those things, Chris. I'm like, how's that working out for you? Not so well. Okay. Then, then, then take that responsibility to find key people in your life that will hold you accountable. That will do that. You know, exponentially for me, investing in coaches, investing in masterminds, investing in group coaching has been exponential for me to be where I'm at today. And I'd not made that investment in myself. I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you today. So it's just really a question of what it is that you want most. Love that. Love that. So let, let's best piece of advice that you would throw to someone who goes, you know what? Life's good, but I feel stuck. The best piece of advice, if somebody says life is good, but I'm stuck, but I feel stuck, but I feel stuck. Best piece of advice without saying what I've just said, um, <laughs> best piece, of, best piece of advice. Um, I would ask, I would say, do you love yourself? Yes or no? Because a lot of people don't love themselves enough to be able to receive abundance, to be able to get past that next phase of worthiness and that next phase of rejection and fear and everything else that comes alongside it. So when you love yourself massively, that's the next opportunity to get yourself unstuck because what you're doing is most likely subconsciously or consciously holding yourself back because again of that fear component of what do I, what do I do? What is somebody going to say about me or da, 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 da. 
don't be stuck. You know, just take action, take progressive action every single day. That compound interest will grow your, your confidence and grow your results and change the trajectory of what it is that you're working on. But again, going back to the people you're hanging out with, going back to your why, all of those components go into play to, to have that roadmap to, to wake up every day and to own that day and to ultimately own your life. So most people would go, am I doing the right activities? Am I, am I they'd have a checklist. They would have, okay, I've got to do this, followed by this, followed by this to be able to reach the things that, that Chris was talking about here. It's actually got nothing to do with the do, does it? It's got everything to do with, with them and, and being. Yes, it does. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. You just, you have to want it bad enough. I mean, that's ultimately like when I've done 75 hard and for those of you guys who don't know who seven, what 75 hard is, you can Google it, but it's two workouts a day for 75 days, uh, a gallon of water, read 10 pages of a personal development book and have a healthy diet. So for me, it was no sugar, no gluten, um, no bad food, obviously no alcohol, which I love my alcohol and for 75 days and for some days you get to the end of the day and you realize you haven't done your second workout. And one of those workouts has to be outside. So talk about, you know, that integrity, talk about that self-respect, talk about that component of, 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 of having the, the, the priority in place that you're going to make a promise to yourself and you're going to stick with it. And that's the problem right there, Michael, is that people say they're going to do stuff, but they don't make a promise. They don't sit there and write out a promissory note on a piece of paper that says, I promise for the next 75 days to bust my ass and do whatever it takes to fulfill these obligations because I want to become a better person for this. No, most people think about, well, I can kind of do that and make it an easy workout. And then, you know, by this, you know, they sit there and already try to cheat themselves. If you want to be legendary, if you want to be kick-ass, if you want to be unstoppable, if you don't want to have regrets in your life, you have to take action every single day that pushes you to become that better version of yourself. And I'm not saying you have, it, it has to be a grind, but it has to be something that you're passionate about. It has to be a desire that you want to become a better person, that you want to experience life, that you want to go for the juice of life right now instead of waiting for it to someday potentially not even happen because the time is not the, is, is not guaranteed, ladies and gentlemen, and we could all go tomorrow. We could go in 10 minutes from now. So for me, the biggest leverage is leaving the legacy, leaving the books, leaving the podcast, leaving the shows for my son in case I died tomorrow. He would have a wealth of information to know what his dad was about and to know that his dad lived by his legacy. And that's the most important factor for me. Love that. So I think the big thing just from there, you need to, you need to have such a reason why that you become obsessed with it. And, and for a lot of people, and I suppose society creates this. So society creates this, this lazy attitude, this instant gratification attitude, this, you know what? It doesn't matter if I've got one thing left to do on my to-do list, I can just catch it up tomorrow. Well, it's not going to end. And I suppose when we do that day after day, month after month, year after year, we get to a point of adults where it's like I can have six things on my to-do list today and yeah, four out of the six get done and the other two, it's okay, done for today, get it tomorrow. There's no consequence really. Like it doesn't really matter. It's not a huge problem. But as you were just saying there, it's the integrity to yourself. And I suppose when you become so obsessed with living a particular way, or having this, this reason why, this impact you want to make, that you become so obsessed with that, that that's really the key, isn't it? 
Yeah, it becomes your guiding marker. I don't want to I don't want to pretend to be a saint because I'm definitely not. I probably am really good about my diet and exercise five to six days a week, but I also enjoy life. I'm 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 one of those people that doesn't want to be so uh so compelled that I have to thrive every single second. You know, some days I do get to my checklist. I have a checklist right here. Some days I do get to it. I'm like, you know what? You know, I've I've hit the I've hit the big, the big pieces of fruit, you know, and I have a way of talking about goal setting and stuff like that. But for me, ultimately is about having a balance in life. But like you said, you know, when you're excited about what it is that you get to do and you're excited about the investment of time that you're making for me right now, it's been a craziest time of my life because I'm not in control. And I know that's one of the lessons that I needed to learn in this journey called life is that I know I needed to release control and expectancy of certainty and predictability and everything else, because I, I, grinded myself so hard to be able to do that, to go to school for literally, I went back to seventh grade. I went back and got my GED. I went to, uh, um, uh, uh, community college. Then I went to University of Phoenix and got my bachelor's degree. I had to bust my ass and, and, and simultaneously work in a corporate job where I was getting two to three promotions every single year. Going from that to free falling and, and people who watch that video by Steve Harvey will get it, you know, jumping. Um, there is some crazy feelings in there, but all of it is exciting for me. It's all of it like, cause I know everything I've learned, I teach people now. So I know that whatever I'm learning right now, whatever insecurity or uncertainty that I'm experiencing in life, I know that it's strengthening me. I know in that moment, it's like, okay, Chris, you're going to do like you did everything else. You're going to learn from this. You're going to study it. And then you're going to help other people along in that journey as well. So, you know, it really is about having that passionate why and, and really really letting go and surrendering of old identities. And, 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 and we could go into, we could go into deep conversation about that. My identity that changed after leaving corporate and becoming who I am, you know, we got to get, we got to get comfortable being who we are at our soul, our soul level and being, and for me, I never talked about that stuff ever, you know, up until about four years ago, I would like, no soul stuff, whatever, you know, here's what you do to get your, here's what you do to become successful. But now I know that that journey for me is to be able to relinquish that control. And it's a beautiful experience, honestly. Fantastic. Where can people find out more about yourself? They can find more about me at ChristopherRausch.com, R-A-U-S-C-H, ChristopherRausch.com. If they forget that, they can go to the noexcusescoach.com or they can just Google me and find me everywhere. They can find my podcast. I do the Raw and Scripted podcast every Tuesday night. And then I also do the Unfiltered Experience podcast, which is a video cast as well on Friday nights. So people can find me all over social media, my YouTube page. I do walk and talk videos. So I'm happy to connect with anybody watching this or listening to this. And uh, if I've given you value, here's more value. You can get a complimentary coaching stra coaching strategy session with me, and uh, you can find that link on my website. And that's my present to your viewers and listeners of the show. So, Michael, yeah. thank you so much for having me here, man. Yeah, absolute pleasure. So, those that are watching this as a uh, video recording on our socials, YouTube channel, it is across your screen right now, ChristopherRoush.com. Those listening to a podcast, just look at the show notes, and you will find the direct link below in your show notes. As always, guys. If you've loved the episode, make sure you share it. There's lots of uh, entrepreneurs, coaches, consultants, people who make great impact every single day that need to hear these sorts of messages. So don't keep it to yourself. Make sure you share it around. If you love the episode, make sure you pop onto your favorite podcast platforms, Spotify, Google Play, uh, Apple, iTunes, you name it, wherever it is. Make sure you, you uh, give it the five stars to make sure that it continues to be spread far and wide. And that's what we love about you guys. Uh, Christopher, so good. Thank you so much for jumping on, joining us, and look forward to uh, continuing further down the track. My pleasure, Michael. Thank you so much, brother. Have a great rest of your day. I appreciate you, man. Uh, absolute pleasure. Thank you very much, all.
that's another episode of the Get More Referrals Today podcast. Make sure you tune in to next week. And if you're not part of the Consultants Tribe, uh, Consultants Tribe on Facebook, free group for all consultants to come hang out and help one another, then again, make sure you look in the show notes and come over there to join us. Till next time, team. Take care. I'll speak.